Welcome to the Adventist Hoops podcast. I'm here with Washington Adventist University's men's head coach, Jerry McFarland. Jerry, welcome to the Adventist Hoops podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, join you here in the podcast. And I, I really respect everything you do for uh, Adventist uh, basketball. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you're here. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your story, where you're from, and how you got into coaching and your coaching journey? Because you've had a significant coaching uh, journey over 30 years of coaching at various levels. Yeah, wow. Um, actually, uh, I'm uh, from Alexandria, Virginia, military brat, uh, really. So, I, you know, my childhood, I was in Germany and spent time in Germany everything. My, uh, my my parents got divorced. Mom here, dad stayed in Germany. So uh, when I, we moved to Alexandria, Virginia, and we were living with different relatives in uh, Alexandria, and basically uh, went to private school there, uh, Bishop Ireton High School, um, and in the Catholic League, one of the best leagues in the, in the country. Uh, with Dematha, Gonzaga, St. John's, Paul VI, you name it. Uh, enjoyed my time playing there and everything else. Um, and then after graduating from uh, Bishop Ireton, I played locally at uh, Marymount University. Was actually on the first ever men's basketball team at Marymount and uh, actually scored the first basket ever in men's basketball at Barry Bow University. So I enjoyed that, enjoyed the guys I played with. Uh, and I appreciate uh, Webb Hatch, uh, who is the head coach there, for giving me an opportunity. And even at Bishop Ireton, I uh, played for Paul DeStefano and uh, Bill Gibson uh, at Bishop Ireton and went on to Marymount University, enjoyed my time at Marymount. Um, after uh, leaving Marymount, um, my high school coach at uh, Bishop Ireton asked me if I wanted to come back and help out. So I started, uh, Pete Hamer actually got the head coaching job at uh, Bishop Ireton. And I became his assistant. Uh, so I did that for like three or four years. No, actually like five years. And then the next four years, I ended up uh, coaching the JV, being the head coach of the JV team at Bishop Ireton. Uh, did that for a few years. Then my son actually started coming through the ranks. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, was at Bishop Ireton. He played for us at Bishop Ireton. Uh, and then ended up, you know, when I left to go to Riverdale Baptist uh, under Coach Lou Wilson, uh, well-renowned coach in our area named Lou Wilson, uh, probably the most, has the one of the most winningest coaches uh, in the DMV. Uh, coach Wilson, we had, uh, they had a nice squad. We had Mike Beasley, who's now a professional, who had many great years uh, with the Heat Lakers and in the NBA period. Uh, Nolan Smith, who was now, associate head coach at Louisville. Um, we we had some really good players, you know, at uh, Riverdale Baptist uh, while I was there. Then uh, ended up going to Coolidge High School 
a few years later. And at Coolidge High School, we did some great things under Vaughn Jones. Um, had uh, uh, two championship teams at Coolidge. Uh, really felt good about that. Uh, had Sean Mormon, uh, Kalen Sutherland. Uh, so it, it was it was good. It was good. Um, then after that, I met with uh, Keith Beckett, who uh, was at the time he was the athletic director at Tacoma Academy, and he gave me an opportunity to coach at Tacoma Academy. I was there for another uh, four or five years, and then uh, being the, after being there for four or five years, uh, Coach Pat Curry here at Washington Venice gave me an opportunity to come over and be his assistant here at Washington Venice. So I've been here for six years. Uh, coach was an assistant under him for uh, three. Then we had the COVID year. And then this is my third year uh, here at Washington Venice as the men's head basketball coach that, you know, at a place that I, I love being. Now you, you are Christian, but you're not Adventist. So what has it been like for you? What do you, what do you enjoy about coaching? You've coached at two different Adventist schools now at, at the high school and college level. I don't, I don't, you know, to me, it's no different. I mean, I just think that it's, uh, you know, one, th one of the biggest things that I learned about, you know, coaching at both uh, Tacoma Academy and Washington Venice University is the genuine love uh, and the, you know, how much that uh, the community embraces, um, you know, just doing the right thing, just Christianity as a whole. Uh, so it's not much different from, you know, me uh, being, I grew up, my, my grandfather is a Baptist minister. So, you know, I'm non-denominational. I, uh, you know, believe in Jesus Christ. So um, my biggest thing is that we continue to bring uh, young men and women to Christ, uh, which is, you know, his calling for us. You know, you have a lot of expl uh, playing experience, a lot of coaching experience. Going back to your playing experience, high school and college, what's something that you, that's a part of today's game that you wished would have been a part of the game back when you were playing? Uh, of course, the number of threes. I, you know, they, 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 we wouldn't shoot threes like we allow them to shoot now. So, uh, you know, all of us guards, we love to be able to shoot threes. And we just didn't do that at the rate that, uh, you know, that they do it now. We didn't really do that back in the day. Uh, I, I just, I enjoy the evolution of the game of basketball, just watching it as it evolves. Um, the work that young men put into, uh, development in terms of their bodies physically uh, and everything else to play a game that they love. Um, There's a so, lot more individual skill development too, it seems now, uh, with a lot of trainers out there, a lot of videos you can watch. And I think players are just more skilled now than they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, but that, see, I think that's the gift and the curse though, because I think that players are more skilled but I don't, they definitely don't have the basketball IQ that, that you know, guys in well, my day had. learning skills, <laughs> mastering skills is different than playing basketball. Exactly. So I think that they spend a lot of time mastering skills. Uh, but, you know, I just remember growing up where everybody in the community uh, went to the local basketball courts and played. 
so they played so much that just different things that they picked up. And, you, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was going to I feel like that that that's the you got to do both. You can't do, you know, I think sometimes we focus or the the thought process is one over the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's a balance and and both have their uh, benefit. And it's really, you know, really, really good players can play anywhere. And the reason that they can play anywhere is because they develop the individual skills sets that can take them to many different places. Right. When you said that, uh, you know, when you were a kid, you just go play, everyone would go play. I've noticed over the last couple decades, I guess, since I've been an adult and, you know, seeing kids that I've been coaching, certainly there's kids that are super driven to get better at basketball, but there's a lot of kids that are at Adventist academies. I'll say specifically that in the past, I feel like there was a greater desire to play just play more throughout the year Mm -hmm. and and now it may seem like it's more especially at the high school level i'm going to show up for the season play and you know then after the season i'll be done and i just wonder like why that is or if i am crazy and thinking that and if that has anything to do with video games gaming social media and people are getting that interaction i mean we had to go play with friends out in the neighborhood if we were going to get any of that you know social interaction so i do wonder if social media has maybe killed a little bit of that spirit of, Hey, this, I love playing. I'm going to play because it's get where I get to, you know, meet people and build friendships and, and just have fun. Whereas now kids are like this all day, you know, just looking at their screen. But yeah, well, I, I think it's, it's like, it goes back to the evolution of, of basketball, but also just the, our society, uh, you know, for us, we only had a couple channels on our TV. So our parents didn't want us in the house doing nothing all day. So they made us go outside. Yeah. So outside, we became more creative. We figured different things to do. Uh, even in the game of basketball, we created different games from the game of basketball uh, to play. So uh, I think that's, you know, that's just the difference. Guys were more creative. Uh, back then uh, what's your favorite childhood what's your favorite childhood variation of basketball some sort of game that you played oh it always has to be 21 21 21, yeah 21 (laughs) is like you know it's you and it's like all of you are are fighting to get to 21 and and it's every man for themselves Uh, but you know as the young people now who when they play 21 they don't play any defense, but like for us, they let like one. Like, they designate one person that you're gonna. You're not gonna score. You play defense. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, back in the day, you, we all had to play D. So now, do you do you get to shoot a free throw on your first on your first make? Yes. Yes. What about an extra free throw on your first set of free throws in twenty one? No, you okay. miss, once you miss, it goes, and you just. Play but if you make all and I don't, we played three free throws after your first make, and if you made all three, you got to take another free throw. Oh no, nah, we didn't, you play didn't that. do that. Okay, nah, you you, and you you had to shoot from the top of the key, you know. No free the throws. First one, the first one you get at the free throw line. Okay, and then the next one you got uh, you shot at the top of the key, and it was just regular play after that. Okay, okay. So uh, somebody, if you made the free throw, somebody actually had to d up on you. 
Did you ever play like at the park or whatever? Did you ever play no threes? Nah. Like only twos? Nah, nah. Not, I'm talking. I'm not talking about ones and twos. I'm talking about there's no three pointers. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Nah. We yeah. always had the three point line. Okay. Now, some didn't... places I've played, they they like you take a three and they're like, there's no threes. We're not playing. <laughs> yeah, oh, no yeah, threes yeah. in this game. All right. Yeah. You know, you know, uh you get you know, old guys, we don't like to uh run a whole lot. So <laughs> if we don't have to chase you off the three point line, then that's a benefit. So we play all twos, you know. All right. That's all right. the benefit of the big guys. So we have to make <laughs> it, you know, make the game fun for us guards also. So. Coach, as you think about your, you know, childhood, your your playing days, and you think about how you develop players now and how you guide them through their basketball journey. Do you think that you were you, are you more influenced as a coach by your playing career and the things that you know that these players are, are thinking and experiencing because you've walked in their shoes or have you been more influenced in your coaching by the coaches? Cause you've served under a number of coaches and been coached by a number of coaches. Uh, I think, I think for me, it's been, um, could be a mixture it's a combination. Too. It's probably more of just life. Like uh, I coach pretty much uh, more about life than you know. The there's so many things that the game of basketball can teach you, and places that you can go with it. Uh, I'm a true believer in the in the compass and the watch approach. You know, everybody has a everybody has a goal or a place that they're trying to get to, but they don't understand that that you know your compass and your watch has to be in, have to be in alignment for you to get to the places that you you're trying to go to. Uh, you know, compass gives you direction. You know, and a, a watch is like a tracker of time. So if you're if you're compass and clock are, aren't in alignment, you know, you, you pretty much could be going in the wrong direction uh, and not understanding the time that, uh, and not doing the most with the time that you have. So, uh, you know, when I coach, I, you know, let everybody know people come in as a freshman and almost to the, we, me and my guys were just talking about this. Uh, my seniors were talking about this. Every single one of them came in as freshmen thinking that they were going to start. <laughs> mm. And, you know, so just understanding the process it takes to be a good basketball player and respecting the process uh, is big. So I think that's, that's for me, is teaching the process and uh, having them trust me and accept the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm going to lead them in the right direction and I'm not going to lead them down a way that they shouldn't be going. Well, it's just like anything, you know, the more that you learn about something, the more, you know, you don't know as much as, as much as you could know. Right. Exactly. And so I think, you know, I was talking with somebody else about this the other day. It kids need to come in with maybe a little more. I'm not talking about your kids, but just in general, I hear a lot of kids that feel like they, they know basketball quite, quite a bit. And then they, they come in with that attitude and, you know, I'm still trying to learn. I, I, I am listening to assistant coaches in the NBA talk about different uh, 
coverages and using terms that they're literally making up. Like they're the trendsetters. They're making it. I don't know what they're talking about, you know? So to have mm -hmm. some humility and understand that there's a lot that can be learned from someone that's been coaching as long as you, uh, I, uh, or, or wherever the person is playing, I think is, is a valuable asset for any younger player. Oh yeah. Because the game is so different and, and, you know, high school, your best player is going to take all your shots. You know, in college is, you know, your most efficient players are taking a shot. So it's like you, you only have so many possessions in college. So and all of us now have synergy and all types of analytical stuff that we can uh, use to help us gain a, a competitive advantage. And we all use it. So we're not going to just let someone else best player just, you know, just dominate us. Uh, so you have to be able to go to something else. You have to be able to have counters to stuff. Uh, and as basketball players, your your game, you know, has to evolve. You can't just be a one-trick pony in, in, in college. You actually have to be able to know how to make reads on the first level, second level, and three-level three type of score, as well as a, a, a person who can uh, read coverages on all three levels. We should point out here that Washington Adventist University is uh, NAIA, and you are playing in the Continental Athletic Conference. Is that right? Or Continental? Yeah, yeah Continental Athletic Conference. Athletic Conference, yeah. Um, and you mentioned Synergy, which is a service that provides uh, video and analytics. Um, and does your conference require all the teams to upload all their game footage so everyone has access to everything? No. Okay. No. We. We, uh, well, you know, all of the, all of those things are based on resources. So, you know, when when you're smaller schools, you may not uh, have the resources to do all of that. So, uh, it's not something that that is required. You know, what's interesting is uh, I was talking to one of the coaches at uh, Tony Nakashima. He's the um, women's coach at Walla Walla U University in Washington, and they're a part of the NAIA uh, Cascade um, Collegiate Conference, and they're required to share all of their video to every team. So every team has everyone's film and they think, you know, it just makes a better product. Everyone can prepare and uh, it's just more, it's just more fun, more exciting to be able to, you know, game plan and have, see the adjustments that the other team can make when you know that they've game planned for you. And so anyway, it's an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. I assume that people, uh, whether they are required to do it or not, I assume that they, they will call what a, one of their friends to get our stuff anyway. I was going to say, I mean, when I was playing, it was like, who do you know? Who are you friends with? And exactly. you can uh, share film with. And yeah, yeah those were they, VHS they, days. Basically, they're going to look at our schedule, look who we've played yeah. and say, okay, you know, I have a friend that has a friend that knows this guy. Let me call him and see him. See if I can get some tape from him. And they get it. We get it done. Yeah. We're, 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 well, that's we're what I'm saying. It's happening anyway. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's something that, CIC can look into because it just saves everybody time. If you're going through all these different sources, meeting people, you know, for, uh, you know, transferring footage or whatever. I know that doesn't happen that way anymore, but yeah. 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 So, I mean, so I, I think to, to a certain extent, uh, it would be the requirement aspect of it is what would uh, kind of make it harder to do in the CAC. Uh, just, you know, if it wasn't required to do, 
then I think everybody, you know, like you said, would do it anyway. I yeah. think the aspect of uh, us or someone saying that we have to uh, makes it difficult. But, yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your AAU coaching experience. You coached uh, a number of teams in AAU over the years. Um, you know, so, some people kind of knock AAU saying that it doesn't really help players development. It's, it's just a showcase for stars. I mean, what was your experience like in AAU and, and um, you know, we should mention you, you coached some players when they were younger, Michael Beasley from the NBA and other NBA players and professional players. I mean, what was your experience like? I, you know, my experience was great, you know, coaching, uh, like you said, Mike Beasley, uh, Rodney Magruder um, with DC Assault, um, then uh, going to Team Loaded uh, down in Richmond and coaching Isaiah Todd and uh, Henry Coleman, who's now at Texas A&M, um, just having, you know, opportunity to coach great players. I think, you know, and very talented players uh, makes a difference. You, because I think, too, when you coach, uh, you have to coach talent. You have to know that you can coach talent mm. as well as you can coach guys when they're not as talented. So I think give, having that uh, diversity on my resume kind of helps me where I feel like you know, basketball is basketball. You can put me in a high school environment. I'm a coach just as hard in that environment as if I'm in a professional environment. And I was coaching the NBA uh, here at WAU. I'm a coach just as hard as if I was at Duke. So uh, my thing to everybody that, you know, WAU is my Duke. So just like Mike Krzyzewski has Duke and has put everything into Duke to make it what it is, uh, I feel, you know, I'm the same way wherever I go, uh, whether I was, you know, when I was a head coach at Tacoma Academy, we were very successful there uh, because I that's the way I treated it. Like, you know, I may not get a shot anywhere else, so I'm going to give this spot everything that I, I can give. And I feel the same way here at WAU. Um, since I've been here, we've even before I uh, got here, Coach uh, Curry, uh, very successful in winning. Uh, then my biggest thing is, you know, since I've been here, been the head coach, we've had, you know, back-to-back 21 seasons. Uh, hopefully we do it again this year. Uh, we were 22-8 and eight last year. Uh, hurt me that we didn't make the tournament, uh, being 22-8, and eight, but that happens. Uh, you know, we should have been, you know, one game away, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. In the semifinal of your conference tournament, yeah. Semifinals in our conference tournament, and, yeah. and uh, eleven and one in conference. So you know you did great in conference. Yeah, yeah, but the team we lost to won the conference. So yeah, uh, you know I, I think that that's where you have to push to. You can't complain about anything. At the end of the day, you got to win it. You know so. Yeah. For us, we had the opportunity. We didn't take advantage of it. And, you know, my my guys are, are, are good. They're resilient. And I just like the way that they, they fight for each other and that they, uh, you know, they understand that this journey that they go on is unique and every year is a different, different team. So right. uh, last year's team is different than my first year's team. Uh, and, and this year is going to be different than last year. 
but they they uh they enjoy the journey and I'm you know it's the uh birth the dash and the, and then the end of the season so uh right now we're working on the dash for 23 to 24 so I'm excited about that well, I have to say, I mean, I've done kind of a deep dive into all of the Adventist colleges and basketball programs. There's eight schools that have basketball programs. The one that does not is Southern Adventist University. And WAU is the preeminent basketball uh, school right now in Adventist basketball. 22-8 and eight last year in an NAIA conference. Um, and, of course, I mean, I got to ask you, uh, I don't – I think this was when you were an assistant coach, but there's two wins against NCAA Division One schools, Howard um, and Delaware State. Uh, were those yes. both in the same season, in 2019 yes. to 2020? Yes. So same season. Uh, how did we're, you guys do that? How did you do that? Uh, to be honest, you know, I, I I feel like we were just better. You know, I think coach did a great job of preparing the guys. Uh, and, you know, uh, when you look back at it, uh, one thing about uh, the guys that we bring in, uh, they're not going to back down from anyone. So it's not about the other team. It's about us and how we play. And I think Coach Curry and I have the same philosophy uh, when it comes to that. Uh, you know, and on any given day, if, you know, a team doesn't play up to their standard and you, you know, play a little bit above your head or to your standard, you can knock people off. Um, and, you know, you we have – most of our guys are from the uh, DMV area. So basketball is like a hotbed here. So we're not going to walk into anywhere fearing anything. And I think that was a big thing. Like we came into all the – both of those games very confident that we were going to win the game. Uh, from the beginning and both games were close games could have went either way um, but you know we were more together um, and and sometimes when you're in those situations the team that uh, is supposedly the favorite the, uh, the longer it stays close they start to tighten up and make mistakes where and if you just keep your composure and keep playing you know you never know what can happen and that's just basketball that's why you gotta love it no matter where you are and what the situation, you know, you have the same opportunities to be successful as they do. I was reading an article about uh, the game against Howard, I believe, and it was their coach's first game, you know, the first game as the head coach. It's a rough, it's a rough way to start uh, your tenure there getting, getting upset, but what a, what a success. I mean, I, I imagine, I don't know what you heard back that year, but that's the only uh, victory that an Adventist school has had over a Division One uh, opponent, and to do twice in one season is pretty remarkable, um, pretty amazing. And you know, you don't do that without having great players. So I wanted to ask you about some of the players that have come through w WAU. Um, that uh, you know, there are some players that are playing professionally now. I have Elijah Maynard, who's over in uh, Great Britain right now, playing. Um, what are some of your um, players that have come through that you want to highlight that people should know their name? Uh, Terrence Miyamba, uh, he's playing overseas as well. Uh, he's in France, uh, as well as Xavier Sewell. Uh, he's playing overseas as well. I think he's in Turkey right now. Uh, Brian Bridgeforth, uh, he's been a staple. You know, uh, he was actually here before I got here. 
but he, you know, is definitely he comes back a lot, uh, willing to talk to the guys. Uh, and everything else is just about his journey and how much he appreciates his time here uh, and playing for Coach Curry, um, and just you know the brotherhood, uh, establishing that brotherhood uh, and everything else uh, has been big. Uh, uh, Elliot Meredith uh, played overseas as well, uh, played for Coach Curry. I never had a, got a chance to coach him, but I know him very well, and, and he did a great job here, uh, you know, playing uh, for uh, Washington Venice University and actually was on that championship team that uh, Coach Curry uh, coached. Um, you know, uh, for the USC AA championship, as well as the conference championship. They won both a USCA double uh, national championship, as well as the uh, conference championship. And, uh, you know, NCAA, I mean, NAI. Was that 2019-2020? Yeah. That one. Uh, was it nine, yeah, before, the year before I got here? So I think that was 19, was it 1920? No, that was before that. I think it was... Um, 1819. Okay. Yeah, I think that was 2018, 2019. Another really great player that has just graduated is Freddie Liriano. I mean, it's hard to know. It, it, my speculation is, is that he's probably one of the best Adventist guards that we've had in, in either quite some time or, you know, you might be talking about one of the, the greats just statistically, and, and you've seen it firsthand. Talk about Freddie. Uh, Freddie, I mean, I've been blessed to uh, coach Freddie for six years. You know, he played for me at Tacoma Academy. Uh, you know, he when he came in, I, you know, everyone th wanted him to play varsity because he's so spectacular with the basketball and so quick. Uh, and, you know, he played JV, but then, you know, played as a, a sophomore, was my starting point guard uh, on varsity, had a great career at uh, Puma Academy, um, and when I came here, uh, he had another year at Tacoma Academy, and I, you know, I just knew we were going to go back and get him, and uh, we were blessed that he chose us over going to Oakwood or uh, any other Adventist uh, institution, and uh, he, he, we didn't actually plan on him starting. Uh, but he came in as a freshman, uh, was, you know, made his impression uh, on us and kind of helped us a lot in those two D1 wins, um, which kind of, you know, for him, uh, you know, helped push our, our, uh, our team um, as well as put us in situations to win as well as himself. Uh, so, you know, he has... I don't think he's won less than 20 games. He's the winningest uh, players in four years. I think he won over 80-something games here. Uh, and so that's a testament to him as well as the guys that we've had that uh, he, he's been able to play with. Uh, he, he hasn't always been the best player, but he's been the player that the team needs. So he's been, you know, to – uh, uh, for us achieving the things that we need to achieve as a as a team and program, uh, you you have to have uh, a Freddie Lariano. He's probably the best point guard that I've had in terms of being able to be that small and uh, be still be effective. 
Uh, and it's just because of his leadership and his uh, basketball IQ uh, playing the game the right way. He knows the right way to play the game. And he's, you know, been playing that way, you know, for a long time. So, so blessed to have him. And uh, he's actually on my staff. I could, I still haven't let him go. I'm still holding on. So he's a, he's, he's getting his master's degree. Uh, so he's a, a GA on our staff, and he's given our guys a whole lot of uh, knowledge, uh, and just him to be able to be around, and he's learning a whole lot about uh, collegiate athletics. Uh, because you know he's going to be a, a coach one day on a high level. So all you college coaches need to come get him, Freddie Larion. When you talk about a kid's journey like that, you never know. You know, you're talking to some teenager, and then when they come out, a man, what what, what the possibilities are endless. What are what when you are recruiting someone, what? kind of experience are they going to have at WAU and with specifically within the culture of your basketball program? What can they expect if they're listening to this right now and they're considering, you know, sending you an email or reaching out to you um, to show some interest? What, uh, what can they expect to experience? Uh, a family atmosphere. We're very uh, family oriented. Um, guys are extremely close. Uh, we, you know, value each other. Uh, top to bottom, um, and we hold each other accountable. They hold me accountable. I hold them accountable. Um, and just the entire process of being a full student athlete uh, where, you know, it's the whole person. Uh, we want that growth, uh, you know, spiritually, uh, athletically, academically, uh, and individually and emotionally. So just being able to have that and be that that piece to help them because everyone comes in with different goals. So my thing is to, as a coach and our players' thing, is, is to beat you where you are. So if you say you want to, you know, you want to be a professional, well, we should see a professional work ethic. You know, if you say, hey, you know, I just want to be a regular student, you know, come here uh, and enjoy – while I'm being a, a really good student, I want to enjoy college basketball and go on to be a doctor or whatever. Uh, well, we're going to hold you to that when you get here. We're going to let you know when you're slipping academically. Uh, we're going to hold you accountable. Uh, but we also are going to do it like, you know, your brother. Uh, and that's, to me, the biggest uh, part of our program is that when you come here, you're going to be a uh, big a part of a, of a family environment and the fact that we're going to uh, push you about we're going to push you to be the greatest version of yourself that you can be. Uh, we, we don't try to change people. Uh, we try to make them uh, the best version of themselves. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, you know, you've been in an Adventist school here with TA and with WAU for this is your 11th year, I guess, four years at Tacoma and six years here. And this is your seventh year at WAU. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've gotten to experience some of the in sister school relationships. You, you guys uh, play Oakwood home and away. I think every year um, mm -hmm. you got to go down to the Southwestern Adventist university tournament with TA. What have you, 
how much do you value it? You know, you'd mentioned you're not Adventist yourself, you're Christian, uh, but have you come to appreciate the relationships between the sister schools and what value do you place on that? Because the reason I'm asking is because your AD, Jared Lyons, he said you're instrumental in making sure that that Oakwood matchup happens every year and, and making sure that continues to happen. Yeah, I think that, like, for me, to be honest, when uh, every year we would go to the Southwest, when I was at TA, we would go to Southwest um, and uh, Southwestern, and then we uh, went to Loma Linda. It, uh, that's the mecca. Into, that's the, yes. that's the big. <laughs> it, it made me feel the, the need to actually uh, always uh, make sure that, you know, the, the Oakwood game happens. Mm -hmm. I would love to uh, have a situation where all the universities uh, would beat and play. Uh, I think that would be great. I mean, um, I'm not one to put it together, but I no. would definitely put push for the participation uh, in that. And if it's not every year, we do it once, once every other year, or once every two to three years, I think would be great. Uh, I, I just saw how well uh, going to those events, uh, the before and after of the, uh, you know, you had the basketball uh, games and everything else, but uh, the different Adventist community, I mean, the Adventist community who come from different areas uh, coming together uh, during that time, um, going to church together, uh, just eating in the cafeteria together, or just being around each other, uh, I think was great. And anytime you can do things such as that, uh, I'm 100% on board. Uh, we can the Oakwood games get intense. They get you know highly emotional. Uh, but for me, I have a lot of family. When I say family, uh, people that uh, you know went to TA uh, when I was coaching there. And for me, if you you if I coach you, you're always part of my family. Like and they know it. So I'm gonna love them, hug them up but I'm still going to try to beat their head in in this game we're about to play. And then after the game is over, we're going to hug them, hug them and love them up after the game as well. So it's just all being competitive, uh, yet also understanding, you know, your why. And, and for me, understanding your why is so important. And I just think that uh, if we can come together and you know, kind of understand why we do what we do. And we're all Christians. So to me, the biggest point of being a Christian is to bring more people to Christ. So if we can do that through basketball, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, Seventh-day Adventist culture is very unique, as you know, and it's it's the type of thing where you know, ultimately, like you said, we're all on the same team. We're all Christian. We're all trying to point each other towards Jesus and being able to, being able to fellowship with people who come from a different place, who are different from you and getting to build relationships with them. You know, a lot of our high school students end up going to an Adventist university. All of a sudden, Hey, I know this, this person I've, I've played against them the last few years at Southwestern, at the Andrews tournament, at the Walla Walla tournament, PUC, whatever it is. And you, you have this fellowship that, you know, and one of the, if you look big picture, one of the great things that I love about Seventh-day Adventism is it's a, it's a global church, more than 20 million people, and you can go anywhere in the world and 
worship on a Saturday with people and you may not even be able to speak their language, but there's a shared affinity because of the culture and, um, and just, you know, Sabbath observance, you're a part of the same family. So being able to do that on a, on a small scale at an Adventist tournament, I think is, is a huge benefit as well. So, um, anyway, that's cool to hear as far as the Adventist, you know, college tournament, we were talking beforehand. I mean, I, I would love to see it happen too. So maybe, maybe one day Adventist hoops will put together a, a super tournament for, for all the Adventist schools. And you, you said you're committed, right? You're the first okay. school. I, I will commit. And look, we, we, we could do a two, three, four year agreement. We will be there. Washington, let every every university know off the job. All right, this time. Washington, Washington Venice University will be at each and every Adventist tournament that we have. And we'll All right. Have it. We'll, we'll put it down. We'll put it down. Put it down. Hey, Jerry, I really appreciate your time in talking with us. I just have one more question for you, which is just sort of a general question of what has basketball given to you as a person? Uh, I think that basketball has been God's way of kind of uh, instilling in me uh, my purpose. Like uh, I, I have been put in these different situations. And when you get, I'm 55. So now in my life, I'm able to reflect back in my 55 years of growth. And in my growth, I understand that that's my calling, that like being a basketball coach and, um, you know, I don't know why, but I, I knew that there was a reason for me going to Tacoma Academy and coming here to Washington Village University. Uh, administrative have been extremely supportive of, of me and what I do. And, uh, you know, my guys have been very, uh, you know, They've been very tenth toes down uh, into the things that I do, and they understand that the bigger picture is uh, to live within your purpose. And God brought me here for a reason, uh, and I appreciate being able to, you know, uh, spread His word uh, as well as you know be a living uh, role model um, to my players. And, you know, help them through this process because when young men uh, when, and women, uh, the toughest part is when you go from that uh, being a child to, to a man, you know, and, and, you know, if you can just have that mentor, mentorship isn't the same. You want to know something, mentorship isn't the same as it used to be. Mm. Uh, and it's both sides. One, we don't have as many, as many men mentors as we used to and two our youth uh hasn't accepted mentorship uh mm. you know the way that they used to uh now you know people want to be where you are as you know and not respect the process that it takes to get to where you are mm. uh, and for me i know god brought me here for a reason and to be able to touch the students uh, on a daily basis in terms of, uh, you know, how, how life is uh, and, you know, being able to have an open door for them to come in and talk to me about different things, uh, you know, and to pray with them and them, you know, share some deep things that they may not want to talk to their mom and dad about. Uh, 
is another reason why I think people come here is because they get that sense that, you know, this is the place for them to be, to have that person to, you know, uh, push things off of. And they know it's not going to just be about basketball. It's going to be about life, you know, because most most of the people who come th through here aren't going to be pros, even though we've had a number of guys to go over season play. We've had far, you know, more who just got their degrees and, you know, everyday working individuals. And we celebrate them just as much as we celebrate the guys who were blessed to go overseas. So for me, it's just living, being able, being blessed to live in my purpose and know that, you know, this is the place for me. Well, hey, we're really glad that you're at WAU. We're rooting for you. Uh, you're an honorary Seventh-day Adventist for sure. I mean, at this point, you've been over a decade in our institution. So, I mean, have you been eating more uh, vegetarian uh, over the years? Uh, don't don't yes. answer that. Don't answer yes, that. Yes, 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 I have. Okay, been. okay. Look, the, the so the health message is, is uh, yes. rubbing off on you. Okay, <laughs> good. All right, that's good. Yes. Hey, Jerry, thank you so much. And uh, we're really rooting for you. And best of luck in this upcoming season. We'll be following it. Well, I thank you for this opportunity and uh, definitely appreciate uh, you allowing me to share some of the time with you and uh, everything that you do. I said it from the get-go. Everything that you do uh, since I've seen you on this platform uh, has really, really uh, been something that I'm more than willing to support and uh, I'm definitely uh, impressed by what I've seen you done and what I know you're going to do uh, as time goes forward. Appreciate it, Jerry. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Have a good one.